0: Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. Support for this show comes from the Spirituality and Health Annual Holiday Gift Guide, a special section in the November-December 2016 issue featuring inspiring and unique products. Reach our conscious community and reserve your advertising space today. Email Tabitha at spiritualityhealth.com or call 231-933-5660, extension 305.
1: From Spirituality and Health Magazine, I'm Rabbi Rami, and this is Essential Conversations. My guest today is John Tarrant, author of numerous books and articles, including Bring Me the Rhinoceros and Other Zen Koans to Save Your Life. John is the director of the Pacific Zen Institute and teaches and writes about the transformation of consciousness through the use of Zen koan. Sam Moe interviews John in the May-June issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. John, welcome to Essential Conversations.
2: I'm glad to be meeting you this way.
1: Well, it's an honor for me. Uh, I, I've read your books. I'm fascinated by all things koan and I hope to learn a lot from you in the next 20 minutes. So your interview with Sam really covers the basics of koan, what they are, where they come from, how they work. So I want to take a slightly different tack in our conversation. But for those listeners who are unfamiliar with the word, can you give us uh, sort of an encapsulated version of what a koan is and how it works?
2: Yeah, it calls part of an old meditation Prayer tradition that 's uh, you know more than a thousand years old and and it 's really like some of the Jewish or Christian uh, sayings that people just hold in their meditation or while they 're going about the day. I a Cohen has a slightly different it 's slightly weird more whacked out than that I suppose it's slightly weird isn 't that but, uh, but there are both uh, Jewish and Christian and I think Islamic prayer traditions are similar where you just take a short phrase and walk around with it, you know, saying it to yourself or just hanging out with it. Uh, and the koans might be might be something simple, like, there's nothing I dislike, is a koan, you know, which sounds great on a good day, and on a hard day, it's just kind of strange and complicated and interesting.
1: That's so interesting. Are, you, are you sort of equating koans with mantra and affirmations? No, they're not like, my, oh,
2: oh, that's a good thing. Yeah, no, they're not like affirmations. Affirmations are sort of, I hope it will be this way, sort of thing. And and mantra and, and mantra are uh, slightly other sort of animal um, mantra, really a concentration thing. Where you, if you repeat a mantra like Om Mani Padme Hum, you know it's a Tibetan thing, then it will concentrate your mind. And in a way, that's good and it simplifies things for your mind. <laughs> but and so, uh the koan is more designed to get you to show up for your whole life, like get get you to really meet everything in your life, and it might might give you something sort of interesting to consider, like, there's nothing I dislike would be, most people would think, oh, and then you have a really bad day, or something really bad happens, and, and you find, oh, there's something very deep and strange going on here, or mm. but other, another con might be um, uh, something like, well. Um, uh, what is your original face before your parents were born? That's definitely off into the the strange dimension. And uh, and the thing about a koan is you don't, it's trying to shift you out of the way. You always work things out and make grocery lists in your mind. you know, And so since it stops you doing that, your mind starts to do other, other deeper, stranger things. Or other stranger things. I might say deeper, more comforting things, actually. Yeah.
1: My, my own limited experience with koan is... Uh, under the tutelage of, of Joshu Suzaki Roshi. And, and when I would get a koan from Suzaki Roshi, I would always try to solve it. You know, there's got to be an answer to this that's going to please right. him, and I'll get the gold star of meditation. But the more you work on it, the more crazy-making it is. I, I always got the sense that it wasn't, as I was trying to make sense of it, it was always trying to, uh, I guess, make nonsense of me. You know, It sort of, it sort of cracks the rational mind. And I wonder if you see it in a similar way.
2: Yeah. Well, let's say, um, let's say, uh, you know, I'm having trouble with someone, and I know. Let's say I'm angry with someone. I, well, here's a little story. My kid, my daughter, you know, she's she's a, she's a, she was she's just she's going back to grad school. She she was mad with her boyfriend, so she tries. Let's try feeling loving towards him. You know, let's try just noticing it and being mindful of that. And nothing worked, and then she tried a koan, um, and the koan was, um, I can't tell, this is a little short st- a story koan, so I'll tell the story. So you're wandering along, and suddenly, you notice a mountain lions chasing you, or, or bounding towards you in an interest in fashion, and so you flee, and you, 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 there's no way to go, and so you go over a cliff, and you slide down this cliff, and you grab a vine, and you look down below, and there's a grizzly bear looking up from below, and, you're holding onto the vine, and then a white mouse and a black mouse come out, and they start nibbling through the vine above you. And you can also see the mountain lion peering over. And so here you are, you're hanging from the vine. A white mouse and a black nice mouse, a black ma- a white mouse and a black mouse are nibbling through the vine. And you look over and you see a strawberry on the vine, and it's ripe and red, and you pick it, and how delicious it tastes. So, you know, that's a silly little story, but that's a con too. and and she said, "Well, when she when she um, when she thought about that and just meditated with that, it made her feel like, oh, why am I wasting my life being angry with my boyfriend?" Yeah. And she wasn't angry anymore. So, so mm. sometimes like Bond will do that, you know, because yeah, you know, so that, she could work it all out and be sincere and say, "How dare you?" and all that stuff, or she could just, oh, here's the strawberry. You know?
1: Right, 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 right. So it has some practical value. Uh, that particular koan, I, I like very much for a different reason. I mean, to oh. me, it, it sort of says you can't win. You, you know, life is, uh, you're going to die. You're going to die because the mountain lion is there. You're going to die because the uh, vine is, is being eaten away. You're going to fall to death, whatever it is. And yet, in the midst of this exit, raw existential reality, there are these strawberries. And yeah. can yeah. you can you pluck one, eat one, and enjoy it? Without having to change the reality of your own mortality
2: yeah, yeah and that's what there 's nothing I dislike means really it 's not an affirmation it means noticing there are moments of brightness, no matter what 's going on right no, yeah. no matter what 's going on uh, right. uh, and, and those in those moments of brightness they're not just it 's not just I felt good it 's also that I was connected to other people i there's a, a quality of love that comes with cards for me you know that that and there's a transpersonal quality where, oh, I realize I'm part of life. And yeah, when I came, when I got born, there was some, I signed some contract that I don't remember now saying I would also die. (laughs) 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 And uh, it seems to be part of the deal and I've never met anybody who beat the deal and um, beat the bank. But, But it's all right, you know, because that clearly then, I'm not here to live forever. I must be here for something else. And what is this other thing? And there's something about Really, to have this life and taste this life and eat that strawberry, and all, but also do it together. You know, like without conversation, right now. You know, I, you know, did a very sort of, tem- you know, short form, acquainting myself with your writings. Um, and and but one of the things I, I, I just reading your blog, your blog. You had this great blog about. Why you like Christmas, which I thought was pretty good. So since you know I've lived a lot in the Jewish world myself, and I enjoyed <laughs> that you you enjoyed Christmas, and uh, and then you said that I even like Fox New- News' paranoia about how they'll steal Christmas. You know I even enjoy that, and I thought okay, that's that's the Cohen world where you can you're just amused by the most absurd things. You know, that you could you could cry or you could laugh, and it's much more fun to laugh and. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The richness of life. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, thank you for reading those things. And and absolutely, I think that's true. In in your book, um Bring Me the Rhinoceros, you list seven oh things to notice about koans, I think you call them. Right. And I won't go through all seven of them with you, but one of them that I thought was really great was koans lead you to see life as funny rather than tragic. And yeah. I wonder what you know, you know, when I my experience you know, training in koan is for enlightenment's sake. I never got that, but I did get the humor of the whole thing. And I'm wondering if you see a connection between humor and, if you can use the word, humor and enlightenment, humor and, and awakening.
2: Yeah, well, enlightenment, we might say, is just not having all the dopey stories we get about, how am I doing? How do I look? Do I have egg on my face? You know, do I look cool to that Girl in the car next door a light or something you know all that stuff that 's in that 's going on in our heads all the time or or all that anxiety about you know um, will my children get killed by ISIS when actually they 're just at school in the united States you know that sort of thing so all that that stuff that goes on for for all of us you know that 's part of a feature of the human mind when that that gets dropped then Um, life seems a lot warmer, but also all that stuff starts to seem funny, you know, and it's really funny that I was worrying about whatever
1: I was worrying about. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. And I think that that if you look at religion from this koan perspective, you find that religion itself is very funny. It's A lot of it is obsessing about things over which we have no control, and much of which is simply a fantasy of our own concoction. So you were saying, you know, this notion about immortality. We're, we're obsessed with either living forever or going to a better place when we die in this body. Uh, but Koan just says, you know, that... Well, here we, we are, dude. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs>
2: yeah. And, it, and it's also like, what, do you, what are we worried about di- like dying? Yeah, but yeah, we'll die, but it's not a, in a way, it's not really a genuine worry because we know how to do it when we come to it, you know, all sorts of idiots manage to die, you know, yeah, it's, right. it's not a very high bar for success, you know, and, and also, you know, losing consciousness, well, I've done that, saying goodbye to people I love, well, I've done that, you know, um, you know, fe- uh, feeling excitement about, I wonder what happens now, I've done that, you know, so if it's physical pain, well, I've, I've done, everybody's done that, you know, so, so I think, I think in a way we, We make up our anxieties as a a certain sort of odd control strategy. If I'm worrying about something, I know who I
0: am. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive.
1: Yeah. Oh, I think that's very insightful. I think that really, that really is important that if I worry about something, it gives sort of meaning to my life. I imagine I'm in control in some way, but you write, you write that koans encourage doubt and curiosity. I love putting those two things together. It's not just a skepticism. It's not just a, you know, like a Hindu neti neti, not this, not that. It's not just doubt. There's also once, once I'm free from all these certainties, now I'm curious. So, I need the right. doubt to clear away the certainty, and then the curiosity is what remains. Uh, I found that sort of an antidote, in a sense, to mainstream religious thinking, which is all about faith and, and belief. And here you're talking about doubt and curiosity.
2: Yeah, and it's not so. And in other words, as soon as you tell me, well, I can tell just from reading your work, you're like this. If somebody tells me to believe something, immediately this part of me tries to do it if I like them and tries to find what's good about it, but also just doesn't believe it automatically. You know, There's this automatic skepticism that is part of the mind. And actually, and Zen, really like science, Zen, Zen says, well, that's on side. Come and say, come on, Cohenville, in Coenville, that doubt is on side. And you say, well, you don't have to get rid of that. You, in some way, you have to include that. And so then religion and spirituality becomes something you do. And it's a practice. It's a path you're walking. It's not something you have to believe because don't have
1: to be very good at believing things to do it. You know. Yeah, and, and and it's also, um, we tend, in this country, in the United States, we tend to make, take everything so seriously, so spirituality becomes one more burden I've got to carry. Am I spiritual enough? Am I doing this right? Have I got the right, right. teacher, the right guru, the right, you know, the the all of right. that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the answer is always no. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Is it because that's
2: because we think it becomes this Puritan project to improve ourselves. But a true spirituality takes the whole of a human being as we are. And wholeness is, we're interested in wholeness much more than perfection. You know? yeah. and so, so I have to take parts of me that are incompetent or something, and parts of me that are clueless. And I have to, in a certain way, even they're sacred even before, they have a light in them too, even before... I improve myself by being a good meditator or something, or good at praying or showing up at, at, on Shabbat or whatever, you
1: yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the koan, uh, show me your face before your parents were born. I mean, that, that sort of challenges the whole notion of self and ego. But I want to pick up on the one you used uh, as the title of your book, Bring Me the Rhinoceros. Uh, yeah. So you, can you tell us the context of the, the koan? Oh,
2: yeah. Um, that's, so that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Well, the colon, the colon, and there's a little story that goes with it, if, if we've got time. And it, yeah. The colon is, it goes, so there's this guy, he's a Zen teacher, it's China, this is before Endangered Species Act, um, and somebody gives him this fancy rhinoceros horn fan, it's sort of a gift, you know, the emperor probably gave, somebody gave the emperor, the emperor just passed it on, <laughs> um, that sort of thing. And uh, and so, and then it's sort of one of these expensive, useless things, and so he doesn't pay any attention to it, and then after some time, he remembers it, and he asked the secretary for well, God, bring me the rhinoceros horn fan, bring me the rhinoceros fan. And, and the guy says, oh, you know, it got broken. And he says, in that case, bring me the rhinoceros. <laughs> and, and so there's so something exhilaratingly whacked about that, you know, and and, and when I was, I was writing the bring me a rhinoceros book, I, was, I met somebody in the book world, and, uh, and she asked me what I was working on, I told her, and she said, well, what's that? And so I told her that Cohen, and I thought um, it was a bit of a test, like, did she laugh, or did she, what she she doing? She said, oh, and actually, she teared up, and she said, oh, I understand that Cohen. She said, I lost a daughter. I had, like, 12-year-old daughter I lost about a year ago. And, uh, and she said, I spent so much time on trying to mend the broken fan, you know, and have her back. And then, but I can't do that, but I can have her. I can have the whole rhinoceros. I can, I can, you know, There's some she's still alive in my mind. I still have conversations with her. You know, I still have this huge life that includes having had her. You know, and and, and wow. so she said she completely understood that. You know, you can't go back and mend something, but you can step into this new big thing. You know, well, she certainly.
1: Yeah, she certainly understood it better than I did. Yeah, I was
2: really moved by that because yeah. I thought, wow, she was putting it to a deeper use than I was. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, a but, lot of the koans are yeah. oh, like Marx Brothers things. It's these one-liners that come out that are just brilliant, that shatter your facade of seriousness and, and knowledge and knowing and all that and leaves you with this, this odd space. I, I know when I looked the koan up myself— uh, in the, and it comes in a couple of different versions, but one of them has uh, this monk Shifuku draw a circle with the ideograph ox in it. And I was trying to think, okay, okay. so what does that mean to me? So, I I mean, I looked up the Chinese, so rhinoceros includes the ideogram for ox. Ox, But ox in the 10 Zen ox herding pictures, the ox is enlightenment and it's in the circle. So I thought that maybe what it's trying to do, and I think this woman got it exactly, is you step out of that narrow mind into spacious mind, where the rhinoceros is always there. Uh, yeah. And, and, you, yeah. and, and yeah. There's, there's no disconnect, which is what she was saying about her daughter. So, can you offer us, I mean, you've offered a couple actually already, but because we're just about at the end of the, the show. Can you offer us a koan that people can take with them and think about for a yeah. while?
2: Well, here's, well, I want to say two things. One is that it's not just a clever twist of the mind and the way you see things that a koan mm-hmm. does. It. If you hang out with a koan the way you would with a friend, it starts to do those deep things. Something in your life will rise to meet the con. Mm. And, and in a way, as you start to embrace and let that be. Like whatever was painful in your life might arise, but somehow you're at ease with it now, you know. And so that's an enlightenment. Enlightenment doesn't have to. It can just be a moment of brightness where you realise your life is good and you're not doing it wrong, you know. And so that's really Coenville is that for me, you know. And and yes, and you get if you do more meditation, you get more of that. But but still, any moment, any moment of of clarity and. Love is a moment of clarity and love, and that's all, all moments of clarity and love, it's yeah, so that. But I come on. an easy an interesting, fun one to take with you is step by step in the dark. So if you're groping along in the dark, step by step in the dark. If my foot is not wet, I found the stone. Now the, the images you're crossing a stream are stepping stones in the dark. Step by step in the dark. If my foot is not wet, I found the stone.
1: All right, step by step in the dark. If my foot is not wet, I found the stone. We're going to have to leave it there. I don't know where that will take me. Thanks, John. Nice to was, meet you. <laughs> this, this was really great, John. Nice talking with you. Cheers. Okay. My guest today was John Tarrant. He's the author of Bring Me the Rhinoceros and Other Zen Koans to Save Your Life. Our interview with John by Sam Moe is in the May-June issue. So thanks again, John, for being with us on Essential Conversations. Support for this edition of Essential Conversations comes from the Spirituality and Health Annual Holiday Gift Guide, a special section in the November-December 2016 issue of the magazine, and a section of the website that features inspiring and unique products for the holidays. Reach our conscious community and reserve your advertising space today. Email Tabitha at spiritualityhealth.com or call 231-933-5660 extension 305. That's 231 extension 305. Essential Conversations with Rabbi Rami is a project of Spirituality and Health magazine. Visit spiritualityhealth.com and subscribe to the magazine in either print or digital formats and download the iTunes app for this podcast. Essential Conversations is produced by Ezra Baker and our program coordinator is Alma Tassi. I'm Rabbi Rami, thanks for listening.